Um, if you could, Luke, the fourth chapter, Luke, the fourth chapter. The first verse, Luke, the fourth chapter. The, fourth, the first verse, Luke, the fourth chapter, the first verse. Luke 4, 1, Luke 4, 1. And it reads us, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift up their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. My brothers and my sisters, I ask that you would join me in a word of prayer. I want to... I preach on a sermon subject today, Lessons in the Wilderness. Lessons in the Wilderness. Let us look to the Lord God in Jesus' name. We do give you glory and we thank you. Thank you, God, for what we've experienced so far. Thank you, God, for how you've blessed us so far. Oh, but God, in the name of Lord Jesus, we don't believe you brought us this far in this worship experience to leave us here. But we thank you, God, for you've got higher for us to go. So God, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would grab a hold of this, your preacher. God, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would touch me and use me, speak to me, speak through me. But most of all, God, let your anointing be made manifest in this place. Save, heal, deliver, set the captive free. We thank you, God, for those who are here. We thank you, God, for those who are watching virtually. We thank you, God, for those who are watching later on this week. We thank you, Jesus, that you shall get the glory out of the lives of your people. And we shall be sure to give your name the honor, the praise, and the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Lessons in the wilderness. My brothers and my sisters, this is the Lenten season. The Lenten season started on Ash Wednesday last Wednesday. I mean, during this Lenten season at Community of Hope, we're talking about that we witness, that we fellowship, and we serve. And the Lenten season is a time in the Christian liturgical calendar um, in which Christians take it as a time of reflection and sacrifice, a time of uh, the 40 days to be able to reflect and to sacrifice and to be focused as you're preparing for uh, Easter Sunday. It's a time of reflecting on what Jesus had to go through to get to the cross, get off the cross, and get out of the grave. 
It is a time of reflection. It is a time of introspection. It is a time in which we are trying to center in and focus so that we can be in a better place of appreciation on Easter Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is 40 days between, uh, Lent, between Ash Wednesday to Easter. It is that 40-day period, and it symbolizes the season of Jesus being uh, tested in the wilderness by the enemy. Uh, and so the scripture here I want to be able to shape as a foundation for our understanding of how we navigate this Lenten season because as we are navigating these 40 days of Lent, it is symptomatic or it shows what connects or correlates to Jesus being tempted of the devil for 40 days. You see, Jesus had just gotten finished being baptized. Jesus had gotten finished being baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. The sky opened up. God spoke. A dove came down on his shoulder and God spoke and said, this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. It's an interesting moment. It's a moment in which Jesus is publicly uh, announced by, Jesus, by, by God. It's a moment in which John the Baptist publicly is affirming of the ministry that's on Jesus' life, the anointed that's on Jesus' life, that God speaks from heaven so that everybody can hear that Jesus is my son. Jesus is the one. It's an interesting moment, but the Bible says uh, that Jesus, right after that, full of the Holy Spirit, somebody say full of the Holy Spirit, uh, full of the Holy Spirit, Spirit left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. It's an interesting thing for me, Reverend Bill, because I would ask myself, why when Jesus is now full of the Spirit, why when he has been affirmed by God, why when he has been affirmed by John the Baptist, why when it is his season to move into everything he's supposed to be in God, it's his season to be able uh, uh, to fully walk in the fullness of who God has called him to be. And the first stop he makes is not the synagogue. The first stop he makes is not the church. The first stop he makes is not to shape a prayer meeting or to pray preach a good sermon, but the first place the Spirit takes him is the wilderness. Is there anybody here that you feel like you're in the wilderness right now? Is there anybody here that you're honest enough to admit that this is not necessarily uh, the easiest season for you? And, and what blows my mind and what is interesting to me is it did not say that the devil led him to the wilderness, uh, but it said he was full of the spirit and the spirit led him to the wilderness. One of the things I want you to know, my brothers and my sisters, is every wilderness you're in is not from the devil. Uh, that's right, every wilderness you're in is not from the devil, but that's good news for somebody because if God led you into the wilderness, then God can lead you up out of the wilderness, and there's purpose in your wilderness. That's right, every wilderness is not because you messed up. Every wilderness is not because you're not sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. Every wilderness is not because of what you're not, but some wilderness is because of who you are. And sometimes we have to face a wilderness because God has so much for us. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you may be facing it uh, because of all that you are, all that you are. The Bible says Jesus was what? Full of the Spirit. I'm talking about he was full of the Spirit and still had to go to the wilderness. He was full of the Spirit. Spirit, and he still had to fast for 40 days and 40 days. He was full of the Spirit, and he still had to be tempted by the devil. Why? Because there were lessons for him to learn in the wilderness. Sometimes before you can do the big things, sometimes before you can do the great things, sometimes before you can accomplish all that God has for you to accomplish, you've got to get some lessons and learn some things so that you don't mess stuff up when you get to where God has for you to go. 
Uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, you can grapple with what you've got to grapple with, but you've got to get some stuff out your system, Lord have mercy, before you fully get everything that God's got for you to get. Is there somebody in here that knows what I'm talking about? Uh, that's why one of the challenges that we face often in leadership right now is you can look at people who have attained high leadership. They've gotten to great places in leadership. They've gotten to great places in possibility, and they tear it all up. Have I got a witness in here? And you look at them, they get in leadership, and then all of a sudden there's a scandal, and it's something in where they tear it up, they tear it up because there's some things they did not learn earlier along their journey that would allow them to be able to handle the weight of where God had for them to go. And some of y'all are begging God to get you to the high place when you've got to learn the lessons in the wilderness. And the challenge is that you keep running from the wilderness. The challenge is you keep avoiding facing the issues. The challenge is you keep avoiding doing what God has called you to do. And therefore, you can't get the lessons you need to make it where God's got for you to go. If God gave you what God has for you now, you'd mess it up. If God gave you what God has for you right now, you'd self-destruct. If God gave you what God has for you right now and you haven't dealt with that old trauma and that old drama, you would tear it all up. But have I got somebody up in here that knows that my wilderness may not be to break me, but it may be to make me. got some lessons in the wilderness. One of the first things we've got to understand when we look at the scripture is you've got to trust God to take care of you. Turn to your neighbor and say, trust God. I trust God to take care of you. We look at the scripture and we find that Jesus is in the wilderness. The Bible says that he was there and he was fasting and praying for 40 days and he was tempted by the devil. And it says the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, uh, I know you're hungry. You've been fasting 40 days and not eating anything for 40 days. I know you're hungry. Uh, turn, if you are the son of God, uh, tell this stone to become bread. And, and, and the Bible says that Jesus told him, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone. I, I want you to understand that often when we are hungry or thirsty, that that's when the enemy tries to play us out of position. As often, and you've got to understand that hunger and thirst are natural. Hunger and thirst are biological. Uh, but the challenge is that oftentimes the enemy will understand that in your hunger, good God Almighty, that that's when I can come at you to get you to play yourself out of position. I want you to think about it. Some of y'all, that's why when I look at your Instagram, there's so many thirst traps on there. Because you're hungry. Oh, I can't get no help up in here, but I know I'm telling the truth. I, I, I know I'm telling the truth. And some of y'all, I be scrolling, I got to scroll fast by your joint. Amen, somebody? Because whatever's happening for you in that moment causes you to want the whole internet to see everything you got. Amen, somebody? Causes the whole internet to make you want the whole internet to be able to, you be subtweeting in your joint. Amen, somebody? Just trying to let folks know you available now. I can't get no help up in here. Here, huh? 
Oh, Lord, I, I wish I had a real church up in here. I, I could look by your timeline to see how you're feeling about yourself. When you're feeling good about yourself, it's hallelujah, God is able. But when you're feeling a little some kind of way, a little lonely, and want somebody to ring your phone that ain't got no business ringing your phone, then all of a sudden you got all kinds of little things that, that causes folks to know that you're ready, amen, somebody, for some attention because you're hungry, hungry for affirmation. Hungry for a relationship. Hungry for success. Hungry to be appreciated. Hungry to be able to go a little bit higher. Have I got somebody in here that I don't want you to, I don't want you to be upset because you're hungry. Because hunger is natural. But you've got to watch what you eat. You've got to watch, Lord have mercy, what you do when you're hungry. Because the devil will give you something that is shaped to tear you down instead of living you up. Have I got anybody in here that that's your testimony? That's when God, that's when the devil sent the counterfeit when you were hungry. That's when God sent, the, that's when the devil sent the one that tried to tear you down because you were hungry that you knew you ain't have no business being with them or doing that or being in that situation but you were hungry and it caused you to play yourself out of position but have I got somebody up in here that can say that I don't care how hungry I get uh, that whatever I do uh, it's gonna be what uh, for the Lord here you have uh, the devil uh, understanding that Jesus was hungry uh, and tells Jesus uh, if you're the son of God uh, then turn uh, these stones uh, into bread uh, I need you to understand uh, that when you're hungry uh, you've got to make sure uh, to use your gifts uh, for what God called them to be used for don't let the enemy Get you to use a good gift for a bad purpose. Don't let the enemy take your gift and you use your gift to do what the enemy says for you to use your gift for. Because the reality is, if you trust God, then God can make a way. And Jesus understood that the enemy said that if you're so gifted, if you are the Son of God, if you are the one, and they say, that you are, then I want you to use this gift this way. But don't you never let the devil dictate how you use your gift. You got the gift of gab, use it for the Lord. You got the gift of music, use it for the Lord. You've got the gift of administration, use it for the Lord. It don't mean that you gotta sing a gospel song, but sing something that lifts up community. Do a work that builds up community. That God can smile at what you do. Have I got anybody in here that knows you've got a gift? I've come by to let you know. I don't care how hungry you get. Don't you let the devil corrupt your gift and have you using it in a way that God doesn't want you to use it. But trust God to make a way. Trust God to open a door. Trust God to work it out in the wilderness. You've got to trust God to take care of you. God will take care of you you got to trust God to take care of you but the second thing you've got to understand the second lesson I believe we learn in the wilderness from Jesus and his interaction from the devil is no one can give you what is already yours 
no one can give you what is already yours. The Bible says the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he has said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, I want you to be clear, my brothers and my sisters, that some of us, the reason the enemy can get at us is because you don't realize you're supposed to be learning lessons in the wilderness because your wilderness looks like success. See, a wilderness does not always have to look raggedy. You can be in the wilderness and things don't always have to look desolate. Oh, but the Bible says that the devil took him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him in this high place, I'm trying to talk to somebody right now because success is your wilderness. That if you don't learn the lessons of the Lord, the, the enemy, you can be in a high place. And that can be the place where the devil tempts you and takes you out of the will of the Lord. The Bible says he, he, he said to him, I, 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 I got all this stuff and, and, and I can give you all the authority and splendor because it's been given to me and I can give it to anyone that I want. You see, you've got to understand that enemy's job is to get you to think that the devil really has more authority than he has. The enemy's job is to get you to believe that the devil can give to you what is already yours. And the challenge, my brothers and my sisters, is you are begging people for stuff that God has already given you. You are begging the world for stuff that God has already provided. You are begging the world to do what God has already done. But when you understand who you are and whose you are, that the devil can't come to you and try to show you stuff that the devil's going to give you. How you going to give Jesus what was already his? You've got to understand that the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, that Jesus was the Word made flesh. That Jesus was there when every kingdom was established. That Jesus was with God when every nation was set up. That Jesus was with God when every authority had been given. How are you going to give him what he helped make? Have I got somebody up in here that knows the devil can't give me what God has already called me to be. I'm a child of God. I'm a king's kid. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm an heir of the most high. And my father is rich in houses and land. Have I got somebody up in here? The devil talking about got all authority, but the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. 
devil you can give me what's already mine somebody shout baby it's mine it's mine it's mine victory is mine victory is mine victory today is mine i told satan get thee behind victory today is mine that's why i love it because jesus said worship the lord your god and serve him only i give god what all the praise the third thing my brothers and my sisters the third lesson i believe we can learn from the wilderness as we go through this Lenten season preparing ourselves where God trying to take us is you've got to understand you are enough. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are enough. As Reverend Bill said this last week, believe the Lord wants to give you a remix this week. You are what? Enough. It says, and the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you uh, to guard you carefully. They will lift up their hands and, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him till an opportune time. I pray if there's any point you really hear, you hear this point, stop trying to prove yourself to people that don't have your best interest at heart. <clears throat> the devil takes Jesus to Jerusalem. Y'all hear Jerusalem? Uh, sets him uh, at the highest point of the temple and tells him, if you are the son of God, if you are who you say you are, uh, throw yourself down from here. Because the Bible says the angels will scoop you up and not let you get hurt. But Jesus understood. I do not have to prove myself to anybody when I understand I'm already enough. And somebody in here, I want to tell you that you've been trying to prove yourself to people when the reality is all you've got to do is accept who you are. And if you will ever accept the fullness, Lord have mercy, of who you are, if you will ever accept the fullness of who God has made you to be, if you will ever accept the fullness of your rights as a kingdom citizen, if you will ever accept the fullness of what God has called you to walk in and be, then you will stop trying to prove yourself to the people around you. Is there anybody here that can be honest enough to admit that you wasted some of the time in your life trying to prove yourself to people, trying to prove yourself to bosses, trying to prove yourself to lovers, trying to prove yourself to communities? But I've come by to bear witness that if you will understand who you are, good God Almighty, and you don't have to prove yourself because as you prove yourself, you can end up playing yourself out of position for what God wants to do with you later. 
Okay, y'all don't understand that. Let me help you here today. It, it, it said that the, it, it took him to Jerusalem. <laughs> took him to Jerusalem and put him on the highest point in the temple. Took him to Jerusalem, Lord have mercy, and put him on the highest point of the temple and said to prove yourself, uh, to throw yourself down uh, and watch the angels pick you up. Uh, okay, y'all missed that, y'all missed that. Uh, but you've got to understand about the Lenten season. Uh, that Lent just isn't about the wilderness, uh, but Lent is about us getting to the resurrection. Uh, and the Lenten season uh, is a 40-day season uh, in which we are reflecting uh, on the wilderness. Uh, we are reflecting reflecting on the staircase of sacrifice. We are reflecting about how God can take us higher as we learn how to say no to our flesh, as we learn how to say no to the devil. We are reflecting, but our reflection is not for us to live in the wilderness, because the wilderness is not the place for us to stay, but we've got a destination that's called our destiny, and God's got a plan for us, declares the Lord. Have I got somebody in here that knows that where you are right now isn't your destination. That where you are right now is not your place to stay. That where you are right now is not what God has totally for you. But where you are right now is a preparation for God's purpose and God's plan in your life. And so God's got you to deal with some stuff where you are so God can take you to where God's got for you to go. I've come by to tell y'all today. The devil took Jesus to Jerusalem, to the highest point on the temple. But the reality is that Jesus didn't need the devil to take him to Jerusalem because God was going to take him to Jerusalem. He wasn't going to be on the highest place of the temple when he laid his life down. But he was going to be on an old rugged cross when he decided to lay his life down. He wasn't going to need to call for no angels to try to save him but he knew that he would lay it down and God would pick it up if I got somebody up in here that knows you ain't got to prove yourself to nobody because what God has for you is for you I wish I had somebody say God I'll trust you with your plan God, I'll trust you with my life. God, I'll trust you with my destiny. Oh, Lord. Ah. Y'all got to excuse me. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get through this sermon today. Uh, because when we were in the back, up. Uh, uh, Minister Dan and Sister Sheikah and Baby Arrington uh, came back in the back room. They came back in the back room as we were getting ready to pray. And I looked at them and I hugged them. I've been talking to them since he's been home. Uh, but when I saw that family together and I realized how God, uh, God had brought them, uh, I just started to cry. Uh, I'm sitting in the back room. Uh, I'm supposed to be getting ready for church. Uh, and I just couldn't stop crying uh, because I remember uh, what they've been through. Uh, if y'all don't mind, I want to show you uh, a family uh, that can show you uh, that that even when the chips are down, that God can pick you up. Minister Dan was in the hospital. He was on the ICU. He was bloated. He was 
hooked up to everything. He didn't even know he was there. But I'm so glad he had a praying wife who called together all of the believers and said, I need y'all to pray that everything, Lord have mercy, is going to be all right. And we prayed and we prayed. We prayed all night long. And I thank God, Lord have mercy, that God did a touch in his body and God got him up out the ICU. That was several years ago. But over the years, they've been in their own personal wilderness. They've been in their own personal challenge. Then as soon as it would seem like he was up, all of a sudden he'd be back in the hospital. Get up out the hospital, seem like he was up. Be back in the hospital. Then the doctor said to him, you're going to need a heart transplant. You need a heart transplant, but you ain't set yet, but you're not qualified to be at the top of the list. And so you at the bottom of the list. You may not even be on the list. And we started fasting and praying. As a community of Hope Church family, his wife was praying. His mama and family was praying. We was praying that God would make a way. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen as quickly as we wanted it to happen. But I thank God, Lord have mercy, that all of a sudden we looked up and he was higher up on the list. He moved higher. Lord. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. Y'all just missed your shout. I told you that the devil took Jesus to a high place and showed him all the lands. I told you that the devil took Jesus to a high place over Jerusalem. But I thank God the devil wasn't the one that took him higher. It was God. When you wait on the Lord and be of good courage, he shall strengthen the heart. Oh, oh y'all missed it right there. I said it needed a heart transplant. He shall strengthen the heart. God took him higher. Put him higher on the list. A little bit ago, we got word that he was back in the hospital. Back in the hospital. But because he was back in the hospital, they could do the work for him to go higher and higher up the list. Now, I want to tell y'all, they said he going to get a heart but he also needed a kidney he got a heart and a kidney have I got somebody up in here that knows that God can give you double for your trouble God can give you a double portion but I want to thank God that my shout is just about minister Dan my shout is about sister Sheikah her sister Sheikah was pregnant and praying at the same time. Have I got anybody in here that knows the power of a praying woman? And I'm so glad we prayed and believed that God would give my heart and a kidney and get him out the hospital in time to be at the bedside for the birth and the Lord. said the Lord worked it out so that he got a heart and a kidney in time to be there for the birth of baby Arrington. Have I got somebody in here that can give God a shout? Healthy daddy, healthy mama, healthy baby to God's honor.
God will take care of you. Reverend Bill, take this for a second for me. I'll be right back. Listen to me. There are times along this journey as a pastor in which you watch God so specifically meet the need of God's people in a way that can't be denied. They're not the only family. We've watched God do the miraculous for here in this church. If you need a miracle, make your way to the altar right now. If you need a miracle, still working miracles. God is still working miracles. Give God glory. I felt like I've been wandering in the wilderness a bit. And I realized that God can make way. <coughs> if you feel like you've been in a wilderness, Reverend Bill, can you bring me my towel and the water, please? I told y'all this sweater was a bad idea.
you know and are believing, God can take care of you in this season. I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now. Reverend Bill, can you do me a favor? I'm going to need you to come and pray for the people. fact, before we pray for the people, we're going to pray for pastor. Y'all do me a favor. If y'all can stretch your hands to pastor. I said this to y'all before, and I'm going to say it again. I don't think you can fully understand the weight pastor, I'm sorry, that a good pastor, a great pastor, because when a pastor cares for God's people, he carries not just his weight, but he carries your weight. And pastor would never, he's not one to wear his feelings on his sleeve. You never know what he's going through. You never know when he's having a heavy or hard days. But the reality is we all go through stuff. So that's why when we say pray for your pastor, we're not just saying that on some cliche. We're saying that whenever he's in your mind, pray for your pastor. Because the better that he is, the better that we are. God, in Jesus' name, we want to say thank you. God, we thank you, God, for this mighty man that you've blessed us with. 17 years, God, and he's literally shifted and changed an entire community. God, sometimes the challenge with doing great things is that you don't always see it for yourself. You can literally lift up the whole community and not understand what that means to those that you've blessed. So God, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for all that you've done for him, with him, and through him. But God, we come praying that you would allow him to experience it for himself. As he weighs and carries everybody else's weight, God, in this moment, God, we thank you that we come as Aaron and her to carry his weight and to allow him to know that we got his back. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for him. God, rejuvenate him, revive him, God. Give them vision, God. We thank you, God, that the latter shall be greater than the former, God. In other words, God, he ain't seen nothing yet. And God, whether you take him, God, we thank you, God. He knows we gonna follow because we follow good leadership and that's what he's done for us. Now, God, in Jesus' name, we lift our hands for ourselves. God, we come in this moment. We started off talking about 
some of us then in our worst seasons and also God we now realize that some of us have been in a wilderness but God we thank you because wildernesses that we're in are only there so that we can get closer to you so God in Jesus name we come praying God for every single person at this altar the enemy would try to use the wilderness to pull us away from you. But God, we thank you, God, that we got enough faith and enough common sense to know that there's nothing the enemy has on the outside of the wilderness that's going to keep us from the God that's in our wilderness. God, encourage us, uplift us. God, the most importantly, help us to stay faithful to your calling over each and every one of our lives. Jesus was in the wilderness because it was about purpose. And God, we thank you, God, that we're in the wilderness because you have purpose for us. So God, in Jesus' name, we just want to say thank you. The Bible is true, God. You've never left us and you've never forsaken us. And God, for that, we thank you. It ain't always easy, it gets rough sometimes. And if we're honest, God, sometimes the human side wins over the spiritual side. But God, in all of it, we thank you, God, that even when the human side wins, the God spirit is always there. Pull us out of places, God, that we shouldn't be. God, remove people from us, God, that shouldn't be in our circle. God, keep us from stuff, God, that we know is holding us back. God, during this 40 days, this Lent, God, we sacrifice so that we can win. So, God, we thank you, God, for you are the God that loves us more than anything in the world. Keep us, God, like only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. And now, God, we seal this prayer with your power. We thank you, God, for how no matter where we are, no matter what we're dealing with, you have everything we need. Even overheated, you had a fan in the room. God, you shall give your people everything they need. I thank you, God. Healing is in the room. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. Deliverance is in the room. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. Prosperity is in the room. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that new vision is in the room. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that provision is in the room. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that in the room you shall take care of our children, even if they're not in the room with us. I thank you, God, for how you shall send your spirit to any room they're in, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this community and how you are shifting it, in the name, Lord Jesus. God, we give you glory today. God, we give you honor today. God, we give your name the praise right now in advance for what you're doing in the hearts 
and the lives of your people. God, we thank you. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise for what you're doing in the hearts and the lives of your people. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise for what you're doing in the hearts and the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you receive that, come on, give God some praise in the house today. Look, before you move, before you move, before you move, we want to make sure, softly, a little softer for me right now. Thank you so much. We want to make sure if you're not saved, you need to get saved. If you don't have a church, you need to get a church. You need to rededicate your faith. You need to do it all today. Amen. One of the things I love about the scripture we were just reading is that everything that Jesus answered the devil with, he answered with scripture. He was sharing scripture from the Old Testament. He answered everything with scripture because even Jesus knew the power of the word. Uh, the word of God says in John 3.16, that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just a little softer, just a little softer. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and you need to give your heart to him today, whether you're in the sanctuary or whether you're watching us virtually, if you need to give your life to Christ, today is your day. If you've never accepted Jesus, or you may need a church. Matter of fact, if you're not saved and you want to give your life to Christ today, wherever you are, just raise your hand. Is that you? There's someone today. You're not saved. Today is your day. If you're already saved but you need a church home and you want to make Community of Hope your church home, just raise your hand. Someone today. If you need a church home, today is your day. If you need to rededicate your faith, just raise your hand. If that's you, just rededicate your faith. God bless you. I see your hand. Now I need you to help me. If you're watching online, uh, you can text Hope Decision to, to 77411. Text Hope Decision to 77411 or just click the link. We want to connect with you. I want you all to help me. We thank God for our sister. I'm laying the altar open for those who want to give their life to Christ, join the church, or to be able to rededicate your faith. And I know as clear as I'm standing here, there are at least three other folks who need to make decision for the Lord. And I don't want you to leave without making decision. I want you all to assist me and I want you to just turn to the folks around you and ask them, hey, you saved, you got a church, you need to rededicate. Tell them, I'll go down there with you, but I just want to make sure you're all right. And if someone around you says, you know what, I need to give my life. I need to do something like that. Then just raise your hand for them. Come on, all over the place. Find around three folks and ask them, are you good? Are you good? Are you good? Are you good? If you're not saved, if you need a church home, you need to rededicate your faith, just raise your hand. Don't worry about anybody around you. I know you're here because I feel the tug. I know you're here. I God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. That's one. 
There's at least two more in the house. I'm not fishing. I'm telling you what I'm feeling in my spirit. Someone else. Sometimes the struggle is so real because God has so much for you to do. Someone else, you're not saved. You need a church. You need to rededicate your faith. Just raise your hand. Someone else today. There are at least two more in the house. I know you're here. I know you're here. You didn't come planning on doing this today. We're not going to do anything weird with you. We just want to pray for you. If you're not saved, if you need a church, you need to rededicate your faith. Just wherever you are, just raise your hand. Sir, my brother, God bless you, my brother. We see your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you. There's at least one more. I know you're here. No. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And those were our three more. But I don't want to let you off the hook. If you need to give your life to Christ, if you need to online put right there, this text, Hope Decision to 77411. Put something in the chat. We want to connect with you. Is there someone else today? Anyone else today? Yeah, no, I always believe God for the overflow. I don't want to hold anybody up. If you're saved and glad about it, got a church home excited about it, come on, give God some praise in the house. <clears throat> come on, I, I want you all, I want to pray with those, and we want to pray for those who, and I know our ministers are praying for them, and that's fine, but everybody in the house, if you can just repeat this prayer after me, and for those online who are accepting Christ, or, or joining this church, or who are uh, rededicating your faith, just repeat this prayer to me. Say, God, y'all say it real loud. Say, God, I thank you for Jesus who died for me and you raised from the dead that I could be saved. Please forgive me for my sins. I don't want to live that way anymore. And right now, I ask Jesus to come into my heart be in control of my life. I want to live the way you want me to live and be the person that God has called me to be. So I thank you that today I'm saved. I got a church home. I rededicated my faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, give God another hand clap of praise. My ministers, make sure you're connecting with our folks. My ministers represent brother right there. This another hand? Huh? Oh, follow my, okay, amen, follow her right there, amen. Ministers, if you can help those who are at the altar to follow and get them to the back so we can get some. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a day. What a day. What a day. I want to thank God for Reverend Bill coming and getting the mic from me. I almost had a man down situation at the front. Just had to take a pause. 
Anybody know them old school workouts when you worked out so dang hard? Hadn't worked out for a while? Somebody said Pedialyte or something in the back. Something. This daggone sweater was a bad choice. Just a thick sweater, too. Just who does that? It doesn't make sense. Look, we want to thank God. One of our young people, one of, well, he's not young no more, amen. He's, he, he's, a, he's, in the, he's like 19 years old, amen. Um, he came up as a youth here, as a young adult right now, a Chef Milan, amen. We want to thank God Brother Milan has his, he's got a food truck, amen. It's called Mecca's Kitchen. Amen. And he is doing a pop-up today at 6410 Old Branch Avenue. All right here in Temple Hills. Y'all hear that? 6410 Old Branch Avenue. If you get a chance, he's open now. Amen. Uh, you can go by to get some... Yeah, I ain't got my glasses on. Raisin Cajun, fried shrimp, chicken and waffles, and the wing bar. Wow. The wing flavors is lemon pepper, buffalo, beef worthing, Peach Worthen, I'm sorry. That, okay, you can't get the Peach Worthen. Old day, and that's it. Amen. We want to celebrate all of our young businesses, amen. We want to celebrate our businesses in here. Is this young brother? Amen, amen. So we want to thank God. Man, where's my, where's Damari at? It's your birthday, man? Well, happy birthday, sir. Amen, come on, y'all give God a hand clap of praise for Damari's birthday. He's an old man now. Getting older and older, amen. Amen, we're grateful. And it's Minister Dan's birthday, right? What a gift. Amen, it was his birthday, he came and gave us a gift, amen? Amen, now listen y'all, I'm gonna need you all, um, that we don't need everybody running up on Minister Dan and Sister Sheikah, amen? We don't need nobody running up on them, amen? Amen, because y'all got germs and cooties, amen somebody. We wanna thank God, <laughs> it's healing, uh, but we about that protective lifestyle, amen? And we're making sure, so I would ask that, um, just stretch your hands toward them, wave at them, say we love you, all of you. The Bradley clan. Amen. Amen. We're just so grateful. Come on. I'm gonna go to the back to be able to um Oh, it's cold outside and I'm so super soaked. Okay, Reverend Bill has said I can't go to the back because it's gonna be cold with that door open. Um and as y'all see, I am soaked out like I just shot um ball for all day. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand all over the church. We're gonna get benediction right here. I guess Reverend Bill has a rule. If you're about to fall out, you can't go greet at the back. <laughs> you ain't gonna go do that. <laughs> anyway, come on, let us look. Don't, don't forget, don't forget uh, to be able uh, to be on any of the committees, any of the committees, whether it is the We Witness, We Fellowship, or We Serve Committees. Uh, just text Hope Help to 77411, 77411. Text Hope Help. We want to be able to get you all plugged in and get us working so we can just have a good time in the name of the Lord. Amen? And be able to move. Don't forget uh, that we felt that we work, that we witness, we fellowship, and we serve. Uh, that 
at least once a week, we want you doing one of all three of those. Amen. Witness to somebody this week. A fellowship with somebody this week. It can be somebody from the church. It can just be somebody you went hung out with. Amen. And we serve. Make sure to be a blessing to somebody. Uh, don't take for granted. Don't take for granted the power of friendship and fellowship. Amen. Don't take for granted the power of friendship and fellowship. That I was at. I, 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 I was at the. Um, conversations retreat with Bishop Walter Thomas and several just pastors throughout the nation. Um, and I was at um, breakfast with Bishop Thomas and some folks and he's sharing. And we were talking in the room um, and he was talking about Tony. He's now 73. He said, you have got to make sure to fight for your friendships. He said, you have to be intentional about fighting for your friendships because over the years you can let stuff fade. Over the years, you, he said, but as you get older, it's your friendships that will be what matters. He said, and especially those old friendships, those long-lasting friendships, because the reality is there's some friends we have that you cannot see them for two years, see them, and it's all good, amen? Those are the ones you need to make sure it don't take two years for you to see them. Is that making sense to somebody? And I realize that I personally can be so busy in the work that I can neglect my friendships. I can take care of y'all, but I'm neglecting my friendships, amen? And so it hit me, and the Lord blessed us that we were riding um, down to the funeral and ended up on the same flight as a friend I hadn't seen now in about a couple of years. And sat, we talked, and we ended up back on the return flight because we were going to the same funeral and went on return flight together. And it was just such a blessing and I got a text from that friend this morning saying, hey, y'all, we need to all get together. Because, and I see that as the Lord showing me, stay connected with your friendships. Amen? So we witness, yes, that's helping our friends and loved ones get to the Lord. But we fellowship is helping us to stay connected with the friends God has given us. Because we know there's value. Because we're in this thing. What? together and we serve because we want to be a blessing to our larger community and a blessing to those who are around us amen somebody amen come on let us look to the lord i thank god for you and for you and for you and for you too amen may the grace of god the sweet communion of your holy spirit rest rule and abide now henceforth and forever among these god's people in other words god may you walk with us may you talk with us may you live in us that we can live for you it's in jesus name we pray amen